0: today I would like to uh, start by going to the book of Mark, if you'd like to turn with me. Mark chapter 5. And to begin, I'm just going to read two verses in the New King James Version. I have several verses I'd like to get through today. We'll see if we get through all of them. I don't know. I don't want to just stand up here and read to you, bore you to death or anything like that. But I do want us to try to absorb some stories from the scripture for a more complete understanding of what I hope to communicate today and what I feel like the Lord would like shared. Mark chapter 5, verses 6 and 7 from the New King James Version today. The Bible says, When he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshipped him. And he cried out with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. And today I'd like to talk about dealing with demons and their prayers. Would you bow your head and ask one more time for the blessing of the Lord. Heavenly Father, thank you for these people. And we thank you for this day, this very hour. That we've gathered to hear from you. I pray, Lord, that you lend unto me great anointing to help preach your word, to speak your truth unabashedly, unreservedly. God be with us today and help us grow in you, in knowledge of you, in spirit. We pray it in the wonderful name of the Lord. And everyone said, amen, amen. amen. We are reading here kind of the middle of, um, I don't know, might be the most preached about, we could say the most famous in Scripture, uh, uh, demon possession. I don't know, I suppose it's up for a bit of debate, but the story of the man we call legion and so we'll go back to the beginning of the story here in mark five they came to the other side of the sea the country of the gadarenes gadara or as another gospel records it the gergesines so whether you like gadara gadarenes or Gergesenes, it's all the same all right They come from one side of Galilee to the other side, to the land of the Gadarenes. And when he had come out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit. There is something about this idea of demons, unclean spirit, wicked spirits, whatever. It evokes certain images in our minds, does it not? As my title slide today will show, a common style of imagery, something you'd see in a horror movie, something you'd see in a comic book, something you'd see where your imagination or mine or anyone's would run wild with what is supposed to be terrifying, supposed to be horrifying. And this, of course, is only the concoction of man, though. In reality, we don't know what demons look like, do we? And if we were to try to describe it with great accuracy, really we could only come away with saying they look like angels. For angels they are or angels they were, and now they are fallen. Can I get an amen? Amen. And so though we like to cloak them with razor-sharp teeth and red eyes, with darkness and with any number of descriptors that evoke terror. Chances are they look much more appealing than what we like to think. Chances are they're much more attractive than what we like to think. Hey, as one preacher said it, sin is fun. I wish I had a witness right now. There's a reason that people are drawn towards the world why they are drawn toward wickedness, evilness, demonic activity. Although they don't set out to do such things, they don't label it that way, but there's something attractive about it. A wolf in sheep's clothing, if you will. But here comes Jesus with his disciples from one side of the sea to the other. And immediately when he steps foot, this this man... This demon possessed apparently had seen him coming or felt him coming from afar. This man with an unclean spirit, in verse 3, who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no one could bind him, not even with chains, because he had often been bound with shackles and chains, and the chains had been pulled apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces. Neither could anyone tame him. Now, we might try to argue a point in skepticism and say, oh, no man can break apart iron. Well, there are many stories of adrenaline getting hold of people and doing seemingly superhuman things. And I'm just, uh, just crazy enough to believe that the Bible's telling me the truth. I'm just crazy enough to believe it, that somehow, way, this man being possessed by demons uh, either beat or pulled, or chewed, or whatever, on his, his chains long enough to break them in pieces. No man could tame him, though they tried. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out, and cutting himself with stones. Couldn't sleep, well, neither could he. So tormented he was with these demons. In no small way, in no small part, I have chosen to, to focus on this today because of a, a comment I made a couple of weeks ago. There's a scripture Paul writing, he says that no man ever has hated his own flesh. You guys remember that that verse? Maybe you remember me uh, uh, using it. You could have even said, well, that was almost flippant, Pastor. I wasn't trying to be, but, but I, I was talking about how in today's world, we've got people who are mutilating themselves, right? And how, I don't know, Paul, did you not take that into consideration? And I feel like it was unfair. I just kind of left it empty there. I'd like to fill that in a bit today. Yeah, no man has ever hated his own flesh, but this is not the man acting, is it? This is the result of demonic possession. This is the result of, of demons being, being in and with and around someone. That if you are deliberately harming your own flesh, there's a demon in the mix. And so when you hear in the news or kids, if you hear at school about someone who wants to do such and such operation and they want to drastically re- reform their body, hey, you can paint it with it, with whatever uh, a brush you want to paint it with. You can try to dress it up however you want. The principles and, and the society and the news broadcaster and whomever can, can make it sound as pretty as they want, that they are realizing their true selves. The facts of the matter is they have a demon that they are dealing with. And two. To accept that, I suppose we'd have to accept we got a whole lot of demons in the world running to and fro. They seemingly have a very big platform and a very loud microphone. Oh, yes, amen. Verse 6, when Jesus, when he saw, rather, when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshipped him which seems strange, doesn't it? That a demon would be willing to prostrate himself before God. And so we, we perhaps don't know with full, full understanding here whether it was the man who was able to finally overcome the demons at least this much, or if it was the demons themselves terrified of Christ that come and submit themselves. And in, in either way, it doesn't change the outcome, of course, of what happened. He Cried out with a loud voice, What have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I implore you, by God, that you do not torment me. Now, if that's the demon speaking, I gotta say, I didn't, you know, really thought about the fact that that demons can pray. But here they are saying, Do not torment us. Do not torment us before our time, which is not a verse that is in the Bible once. Do not torment me, the demons crying out. The prayers of a demon. I mean, that's, that's I don't know, is that arrogant or, or, or is it humble that they would say, by God, call on, the, on God, don't torment me. For he said to him, what had happened just before. Come out of the man, unclean spirit. Then he asked him, what is your name? And he answered saying, my name is Legion, for we are many. And people have guessed because Legion means thousands. And in a Roman legion, there were either 3,000, 6,000, 10,000, however many thousands. It, I suppose, really don't matter how many demons were in him. We could probably be pacified today just to say that there was a bunch of them that there was a lot of demons. And so when I said before that people who are looking to reconfigure their body, mutilate their body, I said that they have an issue with a demon. It's quite possible that they don't have an issue with a demon, but they have an issue perhaps with many demons. Because it is uh, interesting that... uh, The little saying that applies to humans, birds of a feather flock together, seems to translate to demons as well. They seem to like to run together. They seem to like to party together. They seem to, if they have a a gateway, a doorway into a a body, a mind, a soul, they seem to invite friends along. And they love nothing more than to torment people to the point uh, that they are trying literally to kill you. They are literally trying to drive people to death. And that is what's happening with who the man whom we know as Legion. He cannot be tamed. He tears iron in pieces. He cuts himself. He cries out for the torment that is within him. There is really no other conclusion in my mind than that these demons collectively are trying to drive him off a cliff. They want him to take his own life. My name is Legion for we are many. Also he begged him earnestly that he would not send them out of the country. The prayers of the demons. Do not torment me and let me stay in the area. Now what Another gospel records is that they said, Do not cast us into the abyss. Now we correlate the abyss to the bottom of the sea, don't we? Could be very well that that's what the demon said. Do not cast me out into the sea, or do not cast me out into the bottomless pit. Into the nothingness. Allow me to stay, even if you must exorcise me from this vessel. Let me stay here. Now a large herd of swine was feeding there near the mountains. So all the demons begged him, saying, Send us to the swine. Send us to the swine. Let us stay in our country. Let Send us to the swine that we can enter them and possess the pigs. And at once, Jesus gave them permission or as Matthew or Luke would have recorded, he said, go. Then the unclean spirits went out and entered the swine. About 2,000. And so we've got this debate whether there was 1,000, 10,000. Apparently, there was at least 2,000 demons. And the herd ran violently. Now, those of you who, who still run, <laughs> those of you who still run, uh, there's, there's different kinds of running, isn't there? There's, there's a mild jog, there's a little trot, and then there's like full-out sprinting. And then there is the unwise running violently down a steep hill. which is treacherous. There's even training on how to do it as a runner. Of course, don't go too fast. <laughs> Lean your body weight back. Try to pace yourself so you don't go end over end. They ran violently down the steep place into the sea and drowned in the sea. All the more reason to point to that other verse. I said, Don't cast us into the abyss. We don't want to go to the bottomless pit. We don't want to go into the sea. Let us go into the pigs. Look how that that one or two little verses sums up everything we've said so far. They wanted to drive legion to commit suicide. What did the pigs do? They committed suicide. Do not cast us into the abyss, but they ended up in the abyss anyway. If demons can pray, I suppose we ought to be careful what we pray for. I said, I suppose we ought to be careful what we pray for. Are you calling us a demon? No. No. But it's an error to think that it's impossible to come to church and have a demon. That is quite possible that Christians can come to church or so-called Christians can come to church and, and, and go through motions and pretend like they're serving the Lord or, or trying somehow in between to serve the Lord and maintain what the world has a hold on them with. It's, it, it's, it's an error to think that that's impossible. This happens, folks, all the time. And so when we cry out unto the Lord... Do we know what spirit we're even of? How many times did Jesus say, oh, well, you, you don't even know what spirit you're of? Yes. Right? Didn't he not say something like that to Peter? Get, get behind me, Satan. You don't know what you're talking about. You don't know how you are praying. You don't know what you're really praying for, demons can cry from within people, yes. imitating or, or, or in reality giving a prayer. Perhaps I can just ask it a different way. How selfish are your prayers? It's real quiet in here. It's real. It's real quiet in here. Do not torment me. Do not let me go from the country. Can I say it simpler? Give me what I want, God. Now, perhaps it seems aggressive to say that's the prayer of a demon, but you read the story that I did, right? You read it along with me that, that selfish prayers might reflect a little bit of darkness Within us, things that we either cannot let go or do not want to let go. Can I get a witness right now? Yes. But dealing with the demon for Jesus was not hard. Right. Dealing with the demon was not difficult. It was summed up in a couple of words. Come out of him. Yes. Go. Come out of him. What's your name? And go. And then, of course, he left. Mark chapter 9 records a different encounter with demons. Then one of the crowd answered and said, Teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. It's amazing how humanity does label spirits in these ways, right? Uh, I I, I gave somewhat of a label that they wanted to drive him to commit suicide, and so there was this, this suicidal spirit within Legion, but there were thousands of them. All manner of, of, of demons, let's say, and here we find a man saying, I, my son has a mute spirit, but to, to limit it to one thing, I, I suppose it's, it's fair to say demons don't have just one thing that they might be good at, that, that if, if the ultimate thing here is for them to destroy your life in whatever way possible, that's, they'll use whatever they can. I said they'll use whatever they can. They'll use money and they'll use pride and they'll use flattery and they'll use alcohol and they'll use drugs and, and they'll use a bad attitude and they'll use all kinds of bitters and they'll use all kinds of judgment. Hey, can I get a witness right here from anyone who has struggled with sin, with demons? Oh, I know you don't like to label it demons, but every good and perfect comes down, a gift comes down from above. And so if it's not from above, it's from below. And this is where the demons come from. Amen. Fair, fair enough point that it could just be our own selfishness that we're struggling with. But to ignore the fact that demons are in the world is unwise. This is a spiritual warfare that we are fighting. If we're going to listen to what Paul wrote to us, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. But it's a spiritual warfare. Spiritual wickedness in high places is what we're warring against. We do fight against the flesh, but we do fight against demons. Hey, if you're fighting with yourself, maybe it's just flesh. If you're fighting with someone else, that could just be a demon. I suppose that's not theologically perfect, but anyhow, we'll press on. I brought you my son who has a mute spirit, and wherever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. Now, that does not sound like muteness to me. That sounds like epilepsy to me. but maybe there's more than one demon. Maybe this demon has multi-talents. As I heard one preacher say, it was a kernel of a demon. Seizes him, throws him down. I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, and they could not. This is, of course, after Jesus sends his disciples forth to do what? Cast demons out. He answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Then they brought him to him, and when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him, seized upon him. Now, maybe it was a spirit of epilepsy, or maybe this is just what the spirit did, because I have prayed for people and watched this very thing happen, them foam at the mouth, them convulse, them writhe on the ground. I've watched it happen been a part of it. The, de- the demons like to put on a show. They like to try to intimidate you. They like to try to put in your mind that they are scary, that they are dark, that they have red eyes, and they are to be feared. Because fear can, you know, control people quite a bit. It can change their behavior quite a bit. I mean, it it may not be the strongest of motivators, but it is a strong motivator. When you're fearing for your life, Mm -hmm. or for your family, or for your money, or for your whatever, it will certainly change your behavior. Bring him to me. Then they brought brought him to him. And when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. So he asked his his father, how long has this been happening to him? He said, from childhood. And often he has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. Well, I see a recurring theme here. Demons want to kill you. Demons want to kill you. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said to him, If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, as I'm sure many of us would in such an occurrence, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying, Deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. Then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly came out of him and he became as one dead so that many said he is dead but jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up and he arose and when he had come into the house his disciples asked him privately that was cool jesus but why could we not cast the demon out he said this kind can come out by nothing but prayer And fasting. Nothing can come out by nothing but by prayer and fasting. This demon didn't pray, seemingly, as the one in Legion did, or the ones in Legion did. Feeling that he was king of the mountain, he was not intimidated by Jesus' disciples. I said that demons want to intimidate you, want to put a picture of terror for you to see. But they're no stronger then we allow them to be really, you know, what, what we allow into our lives, what, what, what weaknesses we would allow, what doors that we would open. That's, that's really how this, this tends to work. But some seemingly do have special training in that if you come to them and try to cast them out, you better be prayed up. They've been around longer than you you better be fasted up you better have some commitment in you you better better not be a novice because they are not going to respond to a voice that does not have authority behind it Right. right more on that later from mark chapter one then they went to capernaum and immediately on the sabbath he entered the synagogue and taught And they were astonished at his teaching. For he taught them as one having authority, not as the scribes. Mm -hmm. There is something different about having a professor in college that has actually done the work in the field. And those who just study the theory and can give you a bunch of answers that they have read out of a book, but they have never had the rubber, meet the road, and and bore it out for themselves. There is something different. You want to listen to the person who's actually done it. The scribes were educated. The scribes were capable in ways. But they did not have a voice of authority. Now, there was a man in their synagogue with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying let us alone what do we have to do with you jesus of nazareth did you come to destroy us i know who you are the holy one of god but jesus rebuked him saying be quiet and come out of him i said that that christians can have demons and they can come to church and have a demon it's true it's very very true But I tell you another truth. If we get enough Jesus in this room, they head for the hills. If we get enough power of God and spirit of God called down into this place, they are very uncomfortable in the presence of God. Jesus just began to teach, just began to speak, just began to read from the Old Testament. He said, I know who you are. Come out of him and shut up. Quit interrupting me. You're out of order. Get out of them. And when the unclean spirit had, again, convulsed him and cried out with a loud voice, see, boy, they just love to put on a show, don't they? Make you cut yourself in the tomb. Make you chew the iron off of yourself. Make you throw yourself into the fire. Convulse you just anything to put on a show that you'll be afraid of them. But Jesus was not afraid, and Jesus was not surprised, and Jesus knew what to say and what to do. Did he not? And Jesus had a voice of authority. Then they were all amazed, so that they questioned among themselves, saying, what is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority he commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. This is quite a departure, isn't it, from the time of the kings. A new doctrine, as it's said here in Mark 1. When you know a king that was trying to be righteous would send forth a command, get rid of all of the spiritualist people, get rid of all of the false gods, get rid of all the witches, get, all of those, get rid of all those mediums. And they had the authority to issue the decree, right? But the demons were not intimidated by man's decree. As you'll find in the story of Saul, that although Saul had issued such decrees, get rid of all of them, the penalty for for being a medium, but being a witch, that would be death. But when he is desperate and God has left him and he's been disobedient, what does he do? He finds a medium. So they were still in operation. Now, the person, that witch was was wise in that, hey, no man hates their own flesh. I'm going to try to protect myself here. But they were still in business. The demons were still in business. Just because man makes a decree doesn't mean that they're going to close up shop. Amen. Just because you hold up your Bible and say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. Does not mean hell is intimidated by your words. But it is scared of the word of God. It is scared of the voice of heaven. It is scared of the Holy Ghost and fire. When the voice of authority comes, they're jumping out of windows. So with this voice of authority, understanding this, this voice of authority, you understand that, that the inverse is true of what is pictured on my title slide. Brother Tyler, will not you bring up my title slide again if you can? Oh, yeah, there's the demon coming to the person in bed, tormenting them at night. The inverse is true when you have the voice of authority. that they cry out, they pray, by God, don't torment me. By God, don't let me be evicted from this house I'm comfortable in. The inverse is true, that they are terrified of someone with authority, someone that can turn their world upside down, someone that can truly torment them. In Acts 19, the Bible says, now God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul. This is true of more than Paul. I mean, we read in Acts, I think it's Acts 5, how Peter just walking through a crowd, his shadow would fall on people and they would be delivered, healed, demons cast out, just because he walked by. Right? I said, if, if we get enough Jesus in the room, if we get enough Jesus in, in our hearts, we get enough Holy Ghost deep within us. Demons flee, sensing us, knowing us afar off, whether we see them or not. Right. He worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul so that even handkerchiefs and, or aprons were brought from his body to the sick and the diseases left them and the evil spirits went out of them. Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, we exorcise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. Now, I just love this story. This is, this is cool. I, I won't ask you to show your hands if you've ever seen the movie The Exorcist, but this is what's going on. An itinerant person. Itinerant, what's that mean? A circuit rider, someone who was for hire. Exorcism for hire. I'll call, You got a demon? Call me. Ghostbusters. We'll get rid of them. I'm just running over my mind right now. Dan Aykroyd in the commercial. Do you have a ghost, a goblin, a ghoul? Anyhow, call us. We'll come and we'll take care. This still exists today. There are itinerant exorcists. But word had spread. <laughs> Man, everywhere Paul goes, the demons just run away from him. And you know, we got a good thing going here. And we've got our tools and our tricks, and we've got our this and our that. But, but maybe he's got a magical formula. He's got the abracadabra. He's got the hocus pocus. He's got the magic words. So we come in to meet this demon. We exercise you. We cast you out by Jesus, whom Paul preaches. Also, there were seven sons of Siva, a Jewish chief priest, who did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Well, Well, kids, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? Just because you call the name Jesus does not mean you have a voice of authority. And that demon just decided to have a little fun with them. The evil spirit answered, Jesus I know, Paul I know, but who are you? The man in whom the evil spirit was leaped upon them, overpowered them, prevailed against them so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. In the modern vernacular, he kicked the mess out of them. He tanned their hide. He beat them to a pulp. And he tore their clothes off for good measure to humiliate them. Just because you come to church does not mean you have the authority Just because you sing the song doesn't mean you have the authority. There's a difference, you know. There's a difference between being around Jesus and Jesus being inside of you. Right. Jesus would regularly cast out demons of any that were brought to him. If they were struggling with a demon from birth, if they were struggling with a demon because of sin, if they were struggling with a demon that was called sickness, and yes, in the New Testament we read it most of the time they equated sickness with demonic activity, but Jesus clarified, you know, sometimes people just got a demon because I wanted them to have a demon so that I could show my glory and heal them. It wasn't anything that they did, it's for my glory. It's for my glory. He would cast them out on a regular basis. But dealing with demons and dealing with their prayers is not a mystical thing. It is not a terrifying thing. There is no uh, spell to cast or magic word that you are supposed to have insight into and know how to pronounce correctly in some ancient and forgotten language. There is a matter of the authority to do so. And the authority comes from the spirit and the power of God. There is the issue of prayer and fasting. And there is the issue of a continuous reputation of being holy before God Almighty. Yes. Do you have authority? Have you prayed and fasted? Are you consistent in it and consecrated to God? Well, we read it, right, in Acts. Jesus we know, and we even know Paul. But who are you? What reputation have you got? What consecration do you have? You're dealing with demons. It evokes all these thoughts, these mystical, dark, otherworldly thoughts. And it is true enough, we don't have great insight into that world. We don't see them. We don't see their activity as such. Just as we read Jesus was teaching in church and a demon cried out. I told you, demons can be in the church. I'll try it one more time. I said, demons can be in the church. Although they may not cry out as they did to Jesus, They may cry out against, Lord, help me. They may cry out against the word of the Lord. They may cry out against the man of God. They may cry out against the leadership. They may cry out against many things. I wish I had a witness right now. They may do workings against the ministry. They may try to be clever and hide themselves and cloak themselves, which is why, church, we need to have enough Holy Ghost to, to drive them from our midst. Yes. Would you stand with me right now? We need to have enough Holy Ghost to drive them from our midst. I told you before, I have been a part of prayers. I have been part of of. of, of uh, encounters with people right here in this very altar where, the, where, where they convulse, just as the, the Scripture said, they lock up, it's, they seize up, it, it, and they, they fall from... I mean, and, and if you've never seen before, it could be like, whoa, what's going on? Mm-hmm. I understand that. But when you have a voice of authority, right. you're not scared. Yeah. Right. That demon is scared of you. Right. That demon is scared of you. But, you know, this whole sermon should, should lead up to this point. That there can be demons in our household without us knowing. it. I, I said that, you know, the New Testament people we read about, they really equated sickness with, with <coughs> demonic activity. That doesn't always equate to that, that person being evil. Now, sometimes maybe so, but not always. But if we have perpetual illness, if we have perpetual torment, perpetual anxiety, perpetual issues that we can't get clear minded, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of sound mind. And if we don't have power and a love and a sound mind, you may not be possessed with demons, but you may be oppressed with demons suppressed by demons. And church, we need enough Holy Ghost. We need enough Holy Ghost to drive them the hills, that just at the word go, just at the word come out, just at, amen. Do you feel faith building right now? Would you raise your hands, church? Come on, let's pray for deliverance of our families, for our households. Heavenly Father, search us right now, uh, the things that we struggle against, the things that we seem to grind against, the things that we seem to just be running into a wall. Lord, if it is demonic, if it is demons working against us, uh, give us a word, give us authority, give us such Holy Ghost power. And Holy Ghost favor with you that we can drive them from our midst. It's not by man's might or power, it's by your word, it's by your spirit, it's by your authority. Give us that voice of authority. Jesus in your name. They want a show. They want a a big show against us. They want to intimidate us, but we're not intimidated because we do not come with sword or spirit. We come in the name of the Lord. We come in the name of the Lord. Jesus, it is your dominion, my life, my house, my family. It is the domain of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, amen, 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 amen. We're going to have a song in just a moment here. will not you raise your hands, church, towards heaven. uh, Begin to thank the Lord for working in us, working through us, helping us. See the truth, Christian, uh, that hell is scared of you because you have a voice. If you've been baptized in his name and baptized in his spirit, uh, you have authority with the king of kings. See it. For the truth that it is, hell is scared of you. Hell is intimidated by you. They're terrified by your voice of authority. Jesus.
1: Hallelujah.
0: Hallelujah, hallelujah,
2: hallelujah.
1: What a mighty God we, we, we serve. Worship. What a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before Him. Heaven and earth adore Him. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. serve. Angels bow before Him. Heaven and earth adore Him. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before Him. Heaven and earth adore Him. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before him, heaven and earth adore him. What a mighty God we serve. Jesus is the God we serve. Jesus is the God we serve. Angels bow before him, heaven and earth adore him. What a mighty God we serve mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before him, heaven and earth adore him. What a mighty God we serve.
2: I don't think that it is a ... I'm at a loss of words right now. I don't think it was just a random thing that this morning we talked about daily bread that because I, I, I don't know if anybody in the Sunday school room felt it, but I felt God in the, in, in the room that when we say, give us our daily bread, pastor said it in the sermon. What are we saying? Is it a selfishness? Or is it, God, I want you. I want you and me. Pastor, thank you. Thank you for listening to God. For presenting His word to us. Church, we need to take this word to heart. Ever since the men's retreat, it's been weighing on my mind. We need prayer. We need prayer. Men. We need prayer. We need to get ourselves in that place of, Lord, I need you in me today. We need prayer. Ladies, us men need you to be in prayer. We need you. We need your strength. We need you to be in prayer, to be full of the Holy Ghost. Children, we need you in prayer. We need you praying. Church, we need prayer. Every time I come up here, I'm torn as to whether to open the altar or, or to dismiss. And right now, I'm not sure what to do. So I'll do what pastor has given me authority to do, and that's dismiss. But church, I want to say it. We need prayer. We need to be full of the Holy Ghost daily. And I'm speaking to myself as much as I am to anybody else. Harold, you need to be in prayer. You need to be full of the Holy Ghost daily. Not just in the prayer room before service Wednesday night. Not just at the altar Sunday morning. Daily, daily, daily. Lord, Jesus, I pray, Lord, right now that the word that you have spoken today will not easily leave us. We will not forget it. Lord, that we would take the burden that you have given us, that you have spoken to us about today. Lord Jesus, that not only will we take it to heart, but Lord, we will apply it. Lord, for we need you daily. We need you to be in our hearts daily. We need to be full of your presence daily. Full of your spirit daily. Full of your word daily. Jesus, Jesus, teach us, Lord, to walk in your word. Lord, to walk in your spirit daily. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, I pray. Church, you are dismissed this morning. Hallelujah.